Welcome to Habits for Happiness with Lady Fuller. The path to happiness is paved with healthy habits. We spend much of our lives searching for happiness when the key we're looking for is right there inside of us. We can discover that key through habit change, which you're about to learn about. Now, here is your host, Lady Fuller. Welcome to Habits for Happiness, the show where we discuss habits that can make you happier. I'm Lady Fuller, and here joining me today is Jennifer Sukola. Am I saying that right? Sukalo. Sukalo. Yes. And Jennifer is one of my favorite people. She is a beautiful author, and I just finished her book, which is called Claim Your Swagger. You can buy it on Amazon. It is transformative to say the least. And Jennifer is a speaker, author, and transformational expert. She's a coach and she's the the chief swagger officer at Swagger University. And she is so accomplished and she was has formerly been and currently is a global leadership consultant and she's reached almost 50,000 leaders across all levels, cultures, countries, and industries. And her work in leadership development and coaching cancer survivors transform their circumstances from survival to a spark for the rest of their lives, laid the groundwork for this amazing swagger method that she's developed, which is a personal development approach to harnessing your untapped potential and becoming who you were born to be. Bravo. Thank you, Jennifer, for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yes. And as listeners may know, Uh, From listening to the past 50 shows or so, we have every guest choose their own habit that they believe, you know, leads them to happiness. And I have to admit, I actually chose this one for Jennifer because Jennifer's a repeat (laughs) guest. And I was so lucky to be able to be one of the early readers for her work. And I really, what stuck out for me was this idea of Kancha. And I hope I'm saying that right for those Japanese speakers out there. And it is a it is a methodology or practice that Jennifer talks in her work, and I'm going to let you introduce it, Jennifer, and tell the tell the listeners why anyone would be interested in this and why I might have chosen it too. Absolutely. So I think what's really interesting is it comes up in the chapter on uh, gratitude. So first and foremost, for the listeners out there who don't know, claim your swagger. So the word swagger is not just a word; it's it's an I call it a lifestyle because it's something that should be practiced and worked on daily, but it's also an acronym. And so each of the letters, except for the first two, the first two stand for self-worth, the S and the W, but then it's appreciation for your strengths and limitations, gratitude for how your life experiences have helped shape who you are, grounded in your core values, empowered to overcome your self-limiting beliefs and renewed through a greater focus on your passion and purpose. And when I was writing the chapter on gratitude for life experiences, I came across this Japanese philosophy called Kintsugi, which is the practice of actually taking broken pottery and putting it back together, but filling the cracks with gold. And Mm -hmm. as I was researching that particular philosophy, or that practice, I found out that there's also, it's not just Kintsugi pottery, it's actually Kintsugi well-being. And one of the main concepts in Kintsugi well-being, where we are kind of like the piece of pottery, we're the we're trying to create well-being, is this uh, term or this philosophy around concha. 
And conscious, such a beautiful word because it truly means appreciation or gratitude, but it's appreciating the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's about how we rewire the brain to look at all aspects of our lives and be able to find something good about it. Mm. And that is not an easy thing to do when you're amidst of chaos or horrific experiences. But when we can pause and when we can stop ourselves from going down that negative spiral, let's say, and just give ourselves a moment to find one thing to be appreciative of or to be able to appreciate in that moment. And it could be that... I'm strong enough to be in this moment. It could be that I can lean into this moment knowing that I am going to gain something, learn something that will help me continue to grow and develop and get to where I'm trying to get to. So every opportunity and every experience we have in our lives is truly an opportunity for growth and development. And I think that's what's really unique about this philosophy of Kancha, because it is about appreciating all of it and looking at it from a different perspective and from a different lens. And I think that's really useful as far as a habit and a practice, because when we do that, it's an immediate shift in our perspective and our mindset. And that helps us be able to be in a better frame of mind to deal with whatever challenges or negative things we're going through at that very moment. So I'll just pause there for a second and see yeah. if that made sense. No, it's, this is probably of all, I, should, I shouldn't even admit this, but this is probably my most favorite habit of all of them because our ability to reframe is really the only control that I've discovered that we have. Our mind and the way we view things is really the only controller. We really can't control what happens in the next minute or the next hour. No, we can't control what happens to us or around us. Mm -hmm. But what we can control is how we choose to view that Mm -hmm. and how we choose to engage with it. The meaning we make. Yes, the stories we tell ourselves around it, the actions we take, are are we choosing to how we're choosing to engage with it? Are we going to choose to be the victim? Are we going to choose to step into our leadership role and say, wait, wait, I'm the leader of my life. I can't control all this stuff that's happening around me and sometimes even what happens to me. But I certainly have control over how I choose to perceive it, the story I tell myself about it how I choose to grow and learn from it, and how I choose to go forward from it. Mm, I love this. And it makes me think about Viktor Frankl. And for readers that don't know, it, a Viktor Frankl wrote a beautiful book, A Man's Search for Meaning. And in it, he was in a concentration camp and came out with the idea here of being able to find the silver lining, which really to me is what Kancha is. Yes. to be, And able- it's also about being able to not just appreciate it from a mental perspective of trying to say, oh, I can say the words, but literally feeling appreciation, the sensation Mm -hmm. of being in a moment of 
And I tell a story in the book about being able to hear, right? Mm-hmm. Asking myself a question, shouldn't I just be grateful I can hear in this moment? And actually just being in a moment where you go, wait a minute. And stopping everything else to to feel and have the sensation of true appreciation and gratitude in that moment is part of it. It's not just saying the words. Mm. So if listeners are are thinking to themselves, which I'm, I'm assuming they might, well, that's all fine and dandy, but how do I get from that theoretical pointing out the silver lining of this experience to somatically feeling it in my bones? How does one do that? So I think what's interesting is, is calling upon something that you've experienced in the past. It's the best way to help somebody feel it. So what I like to help people do is say, call up a memory where you were just so incredibly happy. You could not even contain your happiness. Like you just, you were, it was bubbling over or your excitement Or another thing to do is recall a moment where you were tasting something so delicious, you got lost in the moment of the flavor that you were Mm -hmm. savoring. So those are some things that I help people try and just call upon because then they can put themselves in that place and go, okay, I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And then when you're finding gratitude for something or appreciation for something, I want you to go to that same place and be just so when somebody gives you this gift, when you recognize this is a gift, even though you might be going through something that is really challenging and you can put yourself in that place of thankfulness mm-hmm. and saying, oh, I just received the most amazing gift and I'm so appreciative. Mm -hmm. It's that feeling, it's that sensation. And so those are some of the things that try and help people tap into to understand what I'm asking them to feel. Love that. And it's almost what you're describing when you're asking people to feel this is times they felt touched, touched beyond their their cerebral self, you know, touched in, you know, their soul. It's tapping into the hearts. You know, we talk about tapping into our minds, but Mm -hmm. it's tapping into the hearts. Mm -hmm. When somebody has done something for you unexpected and you are just like flabbergasted by it and you just, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't thank you so much for doing that. That was so unexpected. That is the kind of appreciation that we're trying to tap into. And how... If one is able to, and I think everyone that's listening can understand a time where they felt touched or that level of appreciation in their bodies or in their hearts, over time, if we can if we can hold on and cultivate and savor those states of being, what's the upside for us as human beings? So what we do when we take those moments to truly pause and be in the moment, don't just rush on, rush on to the next thing, what we're doing is being able to cultivate more of that into our lives. And we're also rewiring and reframing the brain to see the positive, to see the good, to be able to, we're creating new neural pathways that allow us to do it more and have that become our norm instead of continually going down that negative, oh, woe is me and life is horrible and isn't everything 
awful. What we choose to focus on is what we bring more of into our lives and what we create more of it in our, our lives. And therefore, if we choose to focus on kansha and be appreciative and find gratitude, we will find more ways and more things to be grateful for in our lives. We'll be bringing more of that into our lives. And there was a recent study, and I can't remember the name of the study, but I just read something briefly recently around uh, a study that these Dutch researchers did on gratitude and just practicing appreciation and gratitude. And the people that went through these 10 to 15 minute exercises daily on gratitude and appreciation felt not only were they happier in their overall well-being and their overall quality of life, but they also felt the impact of those exercises and activities for far longer than any of the other study participants. So this is something that not only impacts us from a overall lifestyle and well-being and how we view our lives, but it's also been shown to improve not just our mental well-being, but our physical well-being, how we engage in relationships. We have better sleep. We are actually more productive. There are so many different aspects that it actually taps into in our life. And it's truly one of the simplest things we can do. And it doesn't cost us anything. Love it. All good habits are free. Yeah. Now, My big joke they is take that time, they right? Take time. To, to create, but that's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm feeling this. I am proof in the pudding. Um, I live in Colorado and a neighbor is a woman named Pamela Peruski, and she wrote wrote a journal that you or you can buy. It's called um a year. I believe it's a year of gratitude, but every day you write down something you're grateful for and something that happened to you that you're grateful for. And it's, it's this exercise in the rewiring. Yes. And I am testament to it. I did it for 365 days and then I do it regular gratitude practice since, and this might've been five years ago, but I, I can say to listeners that I'm proof in the pudding, no matter what happens, I'm annoyingly always pointing out the positive first. And I have been called a toxic optimist, but it's because I <laughs> can see can see the silver lining before everyone else because I've trained my brain to do this. That's and right. I was telling a client this morning, she was complaining about something and apologizing for complaining. And I let her know that, you know, we are wired to see danger from, you know, our, our very primal selves. It's kept us alive, right? I mean, we are wired to see the bad, to see the threats. Mm -hmm. And knowing that is okay, because it's and and allowing ourselves a moment of it. But how long do we stay there? Yeah. Yeah. And can and we shift to that other place? And that shift in Jennifer's, but I'm so excited that you talked about it. That shift to me is the shift that we're all trying to make as we move to a more mature, you know, spiritually evolved version of ourselves, right. how we can pause and then make that shift from the negative to the positive. And I, to go back a little bit, what you also said is that, you know, where our attention goes, or our energy flows, right. what we look at grows, right? That's so, right. So positive people, good things happen to positive people because they're attracting it energetically. That's right. And we know, we all know someone who is extraordinarily positive in our lives and they're fun to be around. 
They're, they're the people we seek out, isn't it? Aren't they? I mean, they're the people we want to be around. And the interesting thing, though, and I do want to say this because I do think this is important. The practice of Kansha and appreciation and gratitude is it's not about pushing or suppressing your negative feelings mm -hmm. or being superficially or artificially positive. It's truly about looking at what is and what I have right now, and how I can find something good to appreciate in that. Mm. Can you give us an example? I think this is really important, because we all, you know, the world is filled with suffering, and it's important for us to grieve properly and feel our yes. feelings and name them and tame them. Can you give us an example of something that's happened in your life or an experience you've had where you've had to invoke? Concha and how it's been helpful? Certainly. So uh, actually today, I'll give you an example. So today I'm working out and uh, I, I, I must have done something when I was lifting weights and I tweaked my back and now my back is out. And I'm thinking, you know, I go immediately into, oh my gosh. And you can, you know, when you're in that place of pain, because you find yourself almost holding your breath because everything's like trying to protect what's injured at the moment. And you're kind of like, wow, I'm way more tired than I should be. That's because my body's been working so hard trying to deal with whatever the pain is that that it's going through in the moment. And I, I don't relish being injured. Nobody wants to be injured and nobody likes to be injured. And yet, when I find myself in these places where stuff like this happens, I immediately now go to this place of, I am so appreciative that one, this is not my everyday occurrence, and that I am strong enough to recover from these injuries, and that I have the ability to do what I physically do every single day, that mm -hmm. I have the ability to work out. It's not I have to work out, I get to exercise, I choose to exercise. That is a very different place to be. And sometimes we find ourselves, I think, taking that for granted, some of our daily life stuff. And it takes these moments of challenge and, and struggle to help us remember and find that place of appreciation again. If that yeah, makes sense. I mean, I think if we don't, if we're not faced with things being taken away, I'm sure everyone can relate then we really do have trouble appreciating appreciating what we're given on the daily. So, well, and it's, it's what I, and I know some people listening will probably have had that. If you've ever injured your dominant hand and you don't realize how much you do with that hand until you can't use it, it is just so it can be such a, an infuriating place to be in. But at the same time, you can find that, Oh my gosh, how much was I taking this for granted? The abilities and the capabilities that I have on a daily basis, that's what I mean by this practice of Kancha is really not just looking at, it doesn't have to be these big overarching things. It's about appreciating what we have right now every day, not comparing ourselves to others, not artificially being positive, but finding that place of oh my gosh, I am so appreciative and I am so grateful for my every, you know, everything, my abilities, whatever it is. To be alive. Yes, that I woke up today, that I'm breathing right now. Right. 
Yeah. And do you think Concha or the ability to feel appreciation and gratitude, especially in the face of suffering, is about us surrendering to something greater? I mean, I don't know if it's surrendering to something greater. I I think it's more of a place of acceptance mm-hmm. and acknowledgement of being able to see these struggles and these challenges. I think the acceptance is accepting the fact that I can't control everything that happens around yeah. me in my life. I think that's a really important place to be. No doubt. Accepting, <laughs> right? And acknowledging that these struggles and challenges are opportunities for me. Mm. They're not being done to me. They're being given to me. Now, that's a unique perspective that is not necessarily easy to find. But when you find it, you will be able to now see these struggles in a completely different light. Yeah, I'm a big proponent that everyone and everything and every experience is a teacher for us. That's right. That goes into what you're saying. And especially for those listening who are chuckling, our people that are teachers for us are usually the people that we have the most friction with, (laughs) that we have the most trouble with. Uh, Completely. If we can reframe that using Contra as an example, we can reframe that to what is that person here to teach me? Yes. What am I I learning in this experience? Yes. And I do believe I'm of the belief system that everyone has one person in their life that causes them the most stress. We direct all of our stuff on that one person. That could be our spouse. That could be a friend. That could be an ex, whatever it is, uh, our partner and or relative or an in-law. And what is that person teaching us and how can we benefit from it? Completely. And how do we grow and develop as a result of engaging with that individual? Right. And I think that's a, it that takes the shift away from blame and shame and back to us from a learning opportunity to grow. Well, and owning the part we play in that, because every every engagement and encounter with another human being, we have a part to play in it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. again, it's not just things happening to us. We are active participants. We are. I remember a situation in my past where I had this woman who was just literally what you're talking about, infuriating. And she she knows who she is now. It's totally (laughs) we've gone through this whole experience. But when we first met each other, we literally could not stand to be in the same room. I mean, it was horrific. There was this massive power struggle between and, and the two of us. And all it took was for both of us to sit down over a glass of wine and actually try to understand each other a little Mm -hmm. bit better. We were coming from different perspectives. We had a different view of our roles in that Mm -hmm. engagement. And because they weren't clearly identified or spoken, it it was awful because there was no real working relationship that was developed. We had since, after our bottle of wine and understanding each other in tears later and realizing we had so much more in common with each other than we realized. And we became really good friends. But it was just this, wow, what an amazing learning opportunity that that was. And it was horrific at the time, like awful, awful. Kintsugi in the making, right? I know. Back together with gold and your Yes, exactly. But it It was wine. Yeah, but it it did work. Yes, (laughs) it worked. 
<laughs> yes. And, and the ability to let ourselves reframe our suffering from an experiential standpoint, that I believe that, and I think what I hear you saying is that every experience, just not every person is here to teach us something. So what's yes. this experience here to teach us? That's right. That's right. Every experience we have in life is an opportunity for learning and growth. How do we reframe our brain <clears throat> to be able to see that and search for it instead of going, oh my gosh, oh, woe is me. Oh no, this is happening to me. I can't believe this is happening. Yes, this is happening. Now, accept it. We can't necessarily control it but we can control how we engage with it. So mm -hmm. ask yourself the question, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How is this helping me get to where I wanna go ultimately? Oh, I have to say this, this is touching me right in my heart, Jennifer. And if people wanna find more of you, if they want you to come speak, book signing, tell us, tell us um, the listeners where to find you. Swaggeru.com is my website. There's a contact form there. They can reach out directly. I will email them back. Uh, also, this is literally hot off the presses. I am doing a retreat in March of 2024. So March 7th through the 10th at Triple Creek Ranch in Montana. Amazing. And it is super exclusive because only 16 people can attend. So the reason for that is because we want to feel like a bit of a family mm -hmm. at the same time being enough of a group where we felt like we're really part of something bigger than ourselves, uh, but still very intimate. And so there's going to be, it's already up on Triple Creek Ranch's website. So people can already register for that. Uh, and it's going to be up on my website shortly because literally it's just hot off the presses. So but I'll be doing some more of those types of events as well. Amazing. So you guys, if you want it, Jennifer in person, March 7th through 10th of 2024, check her out on swaggeru.com. That sounds amazing. And please check out her book, Claim Your Swagger at a bookstore near you or on Amazon. And I am, I'm, I'm using this book and my practice with my clients, but and also highlighting it, but it is a wonderful book for life. So please check it out, you guys. And Jennifer, thank you for being here today and talking about the amazing habit of appreciation and concha. I hope everyone learned something. I know I did. I'm so grateful to you for so many reasons, but I appreciate you sharing your beautiful energy with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. It's a pleasure and an honor to share with you and with all your listeners. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And everyone tune in next week for another habit that could change your life. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Habits for Happiness. Please join Lady Fuller for another edition of the program next time on the Voice America Variety Channel and discover how to find your new happy place. Oh.